Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins. And with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Good evening. No. <laughs> Well, let's try that again, shall we? Take two. <laughs> Get the clapboard out and make you do it again. <laughs> this is season 10, episode three, and Rocky's on a tear tonight. But we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> he surprised even me with that one. <laughs> All right. So I think the problem might be that this is not our normal night for, no, it's for not. recording. Yeah. And so Rocky's a little off kilter. <laughs> We we normally do this on a Wednesday night, and you we couldn't do it last night because because I was in a two foot deep hole filled with water and mud, trying to fix a broken pipe, bringing water into my house. My I'd lost all the water in my house because of a, of a leak in my incoming pipe, and I was I was literally knee deep in it <laughs> trying to fix my water pipes. Yuck! Nobody likes any of that stuff. Yeah, the bane of all homeowners, right? Something <laughs> goes, always going wrong with the house. Yes. All right, so. This week, we're still in the book of John. Correct. We've just begun our journey through the book of John. We're going to cover what tonight? Verses 14 through 18 of chapter 1 tonight. We're picking up right where we left off last week. Okay. And again, John is writing some very highly technical concepts in this first chapter. He's not storytelling as much as he is teaching in chapter 1 in this prologue. And so... The the translation matters. So okay. tonight, again, we are in the New International Version rather than our typical LT. Okay. Verses 14 through 18. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning Him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the father's side has made him known. Amen. Okay, so let's kind of let's let's bring everybody kind of up to speed where we are in this. We've been talking about this is our third week, right? So, kind of where are we in this prologue, as you call it, as we introduce John? John is is giving us several different definitions of Jesus that mark him as completely unique of all the people ever to come into this world. Two weeks ago. Jesus was the Word, right. logos. the Logos. He, right. he is more than just a logo. He is the perfect representation of God because he is God. Okay. So he made that really clear in week one. Jesus is God. Last week, he transitioned and Jesus became the light because Jesus shines the truth to all of us. He, he holds back the darkness which is active opposition to God, and he exposes how God operates in this world. He shows us the heart of God. And tonight, now he's going to transition one more time, that Jesus is, in fact, human, 
also. Mm. And it's not just that he's part God or part human, it's that he's all of each. So some very significant teaching going on here. Very well. Okay. And so do we want to just, like we normally do, kind of work our way verse by verse through this one? Yes. Okay. Let's start with verse 14. He's going (laughs) to... The Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So is he just kind of saying here that at one point Jesus was a baby? No, he's going much, much, much deeper than that. He uses this word. In in our translation tonight, it said the word became flesh. But what he actually writes is the word, and it's the same the word from week one, Jesus, mm-hmm. the logos. The word becomes incarnate. If you've ever eaten in a in a Mexican food <laughs> restaurant, you've come across the word carne, right? Like carne asada or carnitas. Chili con carne. Yes, chili no, con carne. You're making me hungry, Maggie. Well, Spanish is very heavily related to Latin. Right. It is one of the Romance languages. And in, in this case, it means meat is what carne means. Yeah. And it's the same in Latin, meat. When when John writes Jesus was it became incarnate, he, what he literally writes is he came with meat. <laughs> and and we soften that a little bit. We go, well the word became flesh, but but John is trying to really impress us with the fact that Jesus has a body. Jesus is a human being. He right. is God with meat. And yet at the same time, in in verse 14, he mixes in the word glory. It shows up a couple of times, and he actually uses two different words for glory, because there are two types of glory in the Bible. The first is a the first type of glory is your your situation. If you've done something incredible. I glorify you. You are glorified. I praise you. Perhaps I even worship you. And so you are in this situation of receiving glory. And so you are in a glorious situation. He uses that word once. But the second type of word that, or, or the second type of glory that he uses is really from the Old Testament, and it's Shekinah glory. Our God is so holy and so pure that Moses isn't allowed to see God face to face. God tells him, you can't see me and live. I would just incinerate the sinfulness that is in you, and you, you would just be burnt and, and gone in no time at all. I am, I am this in, incredibly bright light of holiness and purity. He hides Moses uh, behind a rock and says, after I've gone away, things will still glow behind me. You can take a look at that. That's the best you're ever going to do for seeing me. And even that is enough so that when Moses comes down the mountain, he glows. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, when Moses comes down from the mountain, he's still glowing. <laughs> Yeah, that's how intense the light, the purity of God is. And we call that the Shekinah glory of God, this intense, perfect radiance of of brilliance. Well, both of those words get mixed in verse 14, and it's because humanity has never been able to approach God directly, or we would be incinerated because of our sin. Jesus comes with meat, and for the first time, we can be in the presence of God Almighty and not 
be destroyed. So, so that's so much more than just being born. Right. It, it's, or just being meat. Yeah, yeah. God takes on meat so that he can walk among us as one of us and yet still be the holy, perfect, uh, glorious God. Outstanding. He makes a real quick reference in there. We have seen his glory, and and he may be talking about after the resurrection, he may be talking a situation where Jesus resurrected. He beat death. Sin no longer controls us, and so we glorify God. We praise and worship him. Or he may be talking about the transfiguration right. when up on the mountain, Peter, James, and John actually saw Jesus begin to show this, this heavenly purity. And he glowed uh, like looking at the sun and, and, and was on his way to, to that type of, of Shekinah glory. And we don't know for sure which one John's talking about or if he's talking about them both. John loves to put two things behind one word. So he, He may be intentionally bringing up both of those right there. Okay. All right, then verse 15. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Okay. I'm a little confused before, <laughs> after, right? It's a little confusing if you if you don't have the whole story. What's going on here? And it's the multi-Johns again. Right. John is writing this. Why would he? This is John the Apostle writing about John the Baptist. And as we said last week, in his gospel, he never calls him John the Baptist. If he gives him a, a second name at all, it's John the Witness. So this is John the Baptist, John the Witness that he's talking about. And he says something that, that can be translated, depending on how you read your Greek, three different ways. It can be, I was born first and he was born second but he's more important. Okay, that I can relate to that. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He might be saying his ministry began after my ministry, but his ministry was prophesied where mine was not. And so that's what he's talking about. Okay. Although there is our verses in Isaiah that that allude to the coming of John John the Baptist. And the third thing is he might be saying I'm a human. I have a definite start point to my life, whereas Jesus is pre-eternal. He has, he was not created. He is God and he has always been. So he, he may be speaking to that. For my take, I think John's saying all three of those. I was going to say, yeah, it's all kind of all there because John 1, 1 says in the beginning, yeah. right, was the word. So yeah. you're saying he's before me. He came before me because he was there in the beginning, and he's more important than me because eventually John the Baptist's ministry fades out as Jesus rises in ministry. Yeah. And so there's two. And then the third one was, yeah, the ministry there. And then, yes, because the baptizing John (laughs) was a mere human because he was just a human, and Jesus was both human and God. Yes. So he has like two... He has a, he has a, has always been, and yet has a starting point as 
birth as a baby boy. Right. <laughs> we've we've really been hammering uh, this in the beginning was was the word, mm-hmm. right? I've I've really been going after that. And we've got a woman in in the church who's who's been in this church for probably 70 years who caught me after after church lesson and said, I'm still not sold on this Jesus always being around thing. I'm gonna have to give this some thought. I'm not sure you're right on that. Okay. That's a fair, I mean, it's a hard concept. It is a hard concept. Yeah. To her, Jesus comes as a baby boy. That's the start of Jesus. And trying to imply that Jesus is before that is just messing with her head. And and I understand. Yeah, I understand that too. It's really, because I've said it before, we don't understand the heavenly realm. No. It's outside of our scope of understanding. Yeah. And so it probably makes perfect sense in heaven. Yeah, but it it may not make sense down here. <laughs> you and I have said multiple times, time is irrelevant to God. God is yeah. outside of time. And so trying to talk about before and after, yeah. that's the arrow of time <laughs> thing that we only perceive time as going in one direction. Whereas right. for God, it's... Time is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Other than he can, in, he, can, he can interact with it. Right. But I don't think he's constrained by time right. like we are. So <laughs> oh, getting into deep thoughts now. And now deep thoughts. Better better go on to the next verse. In fact, we better go on to the next two verses. Yeah, why don't you combine those okay, next let's go two. 16 and 17. 16. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay, now this is great, but what's John the Baptist trying to say here for the daily reader? Or the that the Jesus is going to change the way salvation works. He's getting that in right here in chapter one. He's defined Jesus as the word, then as the light, the shedder of truth. Now he has come in human form. And the, and the question, why, why would he do that is salvation. He's going to change us. He references Moses because Moses, at, on behalf of God, initiates the covenant of of law. Right. Right. Here are all these rules. Keep the rules, you go to heaven. Break the rules, you're a sinner. Sin demands death. You're not going to go to heaven. And and so Jesus, though, John the Baptist says, brings grace, the new grace that replaces the law. We are about to, to go through the most wonderful gift that humanity has ever received. Never again will it be about how good you are. It'll be about how good your God is. Right. This, this God with meat is going to suffer your suffering so that it doesn't matter how good you are, you can be saved eternally. That's what verses 16 and 17 are about. They're big verses. Yes, they are. Now, as I was prepping, I was reading a slightly different, you told me you were going to be in the NIV. Right. And I was reading, I think it's a newer edition of the NIV, and it confused the heck out of me, right? <laughs> right. It's verse 16. It says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given, which to me just got really confusing <laughs> because I know, and I, you know, I've learned over the years that when Jesus comes, we go into the, the system, if you will, of yeah. grace rather than the system of law. Right. Paul talks about it a great deal. And so this one, what grace was he talking about there that we received grace in place of grace already? I was totally confused. Um, wait, I am so confused. <laughs> so this, I guess, slightly older 
NIV is actually more readable to me than the newer one. More readable. The new one is actually more technically accurate. The grace already given was salvation through the law. Okay. This grace is going to be what what you and I think of as grace. Right. Mercy and grace. Mercy (laughs) is when you don't get what you deserve. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Okay. And so John the Baptist, John the Apostle is quoting John the Baptist as saying, there was this grace of salvation before, it was law. This new grace is the grace we all want. It's the one that's going to save us. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up for me because I was really confused. I'm like, oh man, I, I'm going to ask him about that. So I'm glad I did. So thank you. Okay. And then on to verse 18. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Okay, is this kind of a call back to the Shekinah glory? Yeah, he's still, he's still talking about this. This verse starts with God coming with meat, and, and it ends with, right, no one can see God, right. right? The Shekinah glory prevents that. It makes it impossible for you and I to stand in the direct presence of God manifest. God is everywhere. He's around you and I right now, but he's around us in, in the form of invisible spirit. And so no one can stand in the direct presence of God. So until Jesus comes with meat. Uh, so this is a callback to Shekinah glory. The other thing that this is doing, there's a heresy in the church at this time. It's, it's slowly making its way, and it's called docetism. And docetism says, God is an invisible spirit, right? We all accept that. God is around us right now. We don't see him because he's an invisible spirit. Well, if Jesus is his son, Jesus has to be an invisible spirit as well. So what we see when Jesus is walking around and preaching and teaching is Jesus wearing a meat costume, Mm. but he's not really human. He's an invisible spirit. And so Jesus really didn't suffer during the passion. The whipping didn't hurt him. That was just beating on his costume and being crucified just was bad for his costume, but it didn't hurt Jesus. And he didn't really die. That's why he could come out of the tomb three days later. So essentially denying the humanity, if you will, of Jesus. Which, if you accept that, means there was no penalty paid for sin. Romans 6.23, Paul says the wages of sin is death, right? There has to be, the blood has to be spilled to pay for sin. That's the way it works. And you and I go to heaven because Jesus bled for us. Now, if he was faking it, then he didn't die for you and I. His blood was not spilled and you and I are not saved. So verse 18 is is John the apostle going back to the Shekinah glory of God. No one can stand in the in the position of God, but God the one only who's at the Father's side, that's Jesus, mm-hmm. has made him known, has come with meat, has been here for us in true human form, so that you and I can be saved. Right. Because otherwise, like you said, without the the blood payment, if you will, for sin, we're still forever sinners. Yes. No penalty has been paid. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. I'm glad he came. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on this? Nope. That's, there's a lot there. Yeah, there's, it's pretty deep. It's yeah. pretty short, but it's pretty deep. There's yeah. A lot of it. That's all I could I could 
chew on it at one time. If we'd tried to take on more verses, we would have picked up a second topic and, and we just, they would make the sermons too long. So we, we, we took a well, short bite yeah, yeah. tonight. Yeah. So that we could, so that we could spend the time going through what's in those five verses. Okay. Have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one, the bridge, because humanity is divided, uh, separated from God by the canyon, the chasm of sin and we can't get to God because he's too holy and pure and God can't come to us or won't come to us because it would kill us all. So how are we going to get back together with our God? Well, it took God with meat to become the bridge so that the two sides could shake hands and, and be in love again. Okay. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, let me be at our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that, go down to Sermons, look for the sermon, The Bridge, and this will have been delivered on December 17th. Where are we going next week? We'll start in verse 19, and we'll run through uh, some more of the things that John the Baptist has to say. All right. So as we wrap this episode up, remember the famous words of Bernard Meltzer. And I'm on this friend kick, apparently. A true friend is someone that thinks you're a good egg, even though he knows you're slightly cracked. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Elson reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.